check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, where we talk about integrative symptom management and physician well-being, because every physician deserves to have satisfying work, and every patient deserves an effective and joyful physician. Let's get started. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti. This week, we are going to talk about hospice myths. And the reason we're going to talk about hospice myths is that as I'm recording this, President Jimmy Carter has just elected hospice. And so it has people talking about hospice who don't normally talk about hospice. And in my travels in the palliative care world, I have seen so many myths and misconceptions about hospice. So I just wanted to address some of those here. I have 10 myths that I came up with. We're going to talk about 10 myths. And the first one is that hospice is all about death, that you have to be bedbound, close to death. All everybody thinks about once you get on hospice is death. And this is probably the most important one to really dig into because this is so not true. But because so many people think this is true, it stops people from going to hospice, getting hospice care, and therefore they have more suffering than they have to. So I really want to dig into this one because I want people to see that hospice is not all about death. In fact, hospice You may think this is crazy if you're not familiar with this topic, but hospice is really about life because if you qualify for hospice, in order to qualify for hospice, at least two physicians need to believe that you have approximately six months left to live. But that's six months. That's a long time. So the point of hospice is that if you have somewhere around six months left to live, let's control all your symptoms. Let's fix your pain, do something about your fatigue, help your nausea, manage your depression and anxiety so that you can live your life. So you can do what's important to you. You can go work in your garden. You can visit with your grandchildren. You can watch movies with your family. You can look over photo albums. You can read the paper. You can write your memoir if you want. The whole point of hospice is to live every minute that you can while you're on this earth feeling as well as you can. That is the point of hospice. So that's why it's kind of tragic that often people don't enter hospice until until they are very close to death. But that's not because that's the point of hospice. That is because people misunderstand the point of hospice. So when you get to hospice earlier, you have time to get your symptoms managed so that you can focus on life. That's the whole point of hospice. So that's number one myth that hospice is all about death. It's not. It's in fact about getting all that you can from the life that you have. The second myth that is very common is that hospice is a place. Hospice is not a place. Hospice is a program and it can be delivered in several different places. So by far, by far, by far, most hospice is delivered at home. Most people who get hospice get home hospice, which means 
they stay in their home and the hospice providers, often nurses, social workers, chaplains, sometimes physicians, also home health aides, sometimes volunteers, come to the person's home. Now, sometimes that home is a house or an apartment. Sometimes that home might be a facility. So a long-term care facility, for example, if a person lives there, then the hospice program can come to them at their home. Very rarely, people will go to an inpatient hospice facility. And we think of that kind of like a hospice hospital. So if somebody has symptoms that can't be controlled at home, meaning the nurse and the doctor and the social worker and the chaplain have tried to control this person's symptoms at home, but they're still suffering, then there are inpatient hospice units where people can go to get intravenous medication and they have nurses overnight who can give you IV meds. So that is by far the exception. Most people on hospice never have to go to an inpatient hospice facility. The goal of hospice is to keep people at home with their stuff and their loved ones and a place that they feel familiar for the last part of their life. So that's number two, that hospice is a place that you go. Sometimes I think it's because of the words we use. We say things like, oh, she went to hospice, like that's a place she went. And so sometimes people or families choose not to pursue hospice because they think it means their loved one has to leave the house and go someplace else. But no, no, no. It just means the support of experts who are particularly trained and skilled in managing physical and psychological symptoms towards the end of life, those people will come to your house. That's, that is generally how hospice works. Myth number three is that you can't get medical treatment if you have hospice care. And that is also not true. You absolutely can. Now, there are some treatments that aren't really consistent with the philosophy of hospice care. So people who are pursuing really aggressive care, like they still want to get chemotherapy or they still want to get uh, aggressive surgery. That's not really consistent with the philosophy of hospice care, which is focused not on prolonging life, but on relieving symptoms, physical and emotional symptoms, so that you can enjoy your life. But if you're on hospice and you get a urinary tract infection, you can get antibiotics. If you get a cough and antibiotics are appropriate, you can get that. In some circumstances, not always, but in some circumstances, you can have blood transfusion. There are some circumstances where you might even get radiation. For example, if symptoms like pain are so bad from a cancer and they're not being well managed with medications, but the physicians think that radiation might help, then hospice will pay for radiation and you can get radiation. So this idea that that you go to hospice and then they take away all your treatments is completely untrue. You absolutely can get other treatments besides pain medicine when you're on hospice, as long as they are consistent with the philosophy of care. Myth number four is that hospice performs euthanasia, meaning that if you go to hospice, they will kill you or shorten your life. And that is absolutely not true, not true, not true, not true, not true, not true. That is not true. Nobody gets euthanasia, at least in the United States, on hospice. Euthanasia is illegal in the United States, so nobody gets euthanasia. And even in states where physician aid in dying, or sometimes called physician-assisted death, is legal, 
what they often find is that people who request that, if they get hospice care and get all their symptoms managed, then they often no longer want to pursue that. Sometimes people feel so frustrated and overwhelmed when they have uncontrolled pain or nausea or depression or anxiety that they're looking for a way out. But with hospice expertise, we can help manage those symptoms and then people can, as is the point of hospice, live their life. Another myth is that people who get hospice care are always sad. Like, oh no, now it's time for hospice. Everybody in the family is just going to sit around and mope and cry. Now, of course, if someone that you love needs hospice care, they have a condition that may make you very sad. They may be coming to the end of their life. And that is, of course, very sad. And so people do have anticipatory grief. But many people, when they finally decide I am not going to pursue any of those really aggressive treatments that are are making me feel worse and aren't helping my condition anymore. And I'm going to focus on today, every day. And I'm going to focus on the things that matter to me most every single day. I'm going to do what I want and eat what I want and spend time with who I want to spend time with and play with my grandkids or my kids and connect with the things that are really meaningful to me. So when people live their life like that, they often get happier. Now, almost nobody is happy that they're on hospice. They're not happy that they have an advanced disease. But when you have your symptoms controlled and you live your life in a way where you focus on every day the things that really are meaningful to you and matter, that often increases people's well-being. And to be honest with you, one of the reasons that I got really interested in hospice and palliative medicine when I used to be a family doctor, was because I found that my hospice patients often were happier than my family medicine patients, which makes no sense, right? That's not what they teach you in medical school. They teach you in med school that if you make people not sick, then they will be happier. But what I found was that the patients who were on hospice, who had gotten there early enough that they really could appreciate getting their symptoms improved, who changed the whole way that they lived their life and focused just on what really mattered to them, they really were getting all the the good juice out of life and they were happier. And that just totally blew my mind. <laughs> it really blew my mind. But I thought, what what an important lesson for all of us. Everybody should be living that way, right? Instead of worrying about the future or agonizing about the past or thinking about what we don't have or, you know, how things aren't going exactly how we wish they had. What if we refocused on really doing what's important to us, spending time with the people that are meaningful to us and connecting with today? And it turns out when you do that, whether or not you're on hospice, you, you feel happier. So, People don't spend their whole time on hospice being sad. And again, I'm not saying they're never sad. There's grief and anticipatory grief, and of course it's sad, but it's not sad all the time. And I think that's important for people to know. Myth number six is that you can never get off hospice once you start, like it's a permanent decision. And that's totally not true. Now, the the idea, the way hospice works is that, as I said, two physicians have to say they think that it's likely that this person has six months or less left to live. But doctors aren't God, and sometimes they're wrong. And sometimes somebody looks like they're very ill, and they may not have more than six months to live. And then when six months comes, they're better. And if that's true, then the person actually no longer qualifies for hospice. And it's sort of a funny 
situation that you, you may be surprised about if you don't work in the field, that one of the most difficult things when you work in hospice is having to kick people off hospice, because it's such a wonderful program that people really appreciate it. And if they are doing much better, and it no longer looks like they are going to die within six months, then they no longer qualify for hospice and they can't have it. So that's one of the harder conversations is to say, we're so sorry, but you actually can't have hospice right now because you're doing so well. We, we call that people graduating, graduating from hospice. So that certainly does happen. Another myth, seven, is that going into hospice makes you die sooner. And that is not true. That is not true. There was a study that actually showed that people on hospice lived a little bit longer. That's not always true. And that's certainly not something that we would say one would expect. But people do not die sooner because they come to hospice. One thing that sometimes does happen that is positive for people is that when they come to hospice, there's almost always a discussion about which medications are still beneficial. So for example, if you're taking a statin medication for cholesterol, and the goal of that medication is to prevent heart attacks five years from now, that medicine's probably not helping that person anymore and just puts them at risk of side effects. So when someone comes to hospice, if they are on a lot of medicines, often those will be pared down because They'll only be using the ones that are there to support symptom management. And when you take someone who's on a ton of medicines and you get rid of a bunch of them, sometimes they feel much better. (laughs) And sometimes it actually makes them more well than they were before, which is completely ironic that taking away medicine sometimes makes people better, but sometimes it does. So it is certainly not true that people die sooner on hospice. And sometimes their life may be a little bit prolonged because probably we've taken away the medicine and they get very frequent nursing care. So someone's always coming to the house at least once a week to, to check on them and see how you're doing. And if their congestive heart failure, for example, is getting worse, then they might increase the Lasix, whereas they might not have that aggressive medical care. If they weren't on hospice, they might stay home and they wouldn't go get medical care until three weeks later when they couldn't breathe and then they go to the ER. So the careful attention of the hospice nurses paired with getting rid of medications that maybe aren't being helpful may be why there is some evidence that people might live a little bit longer on hospice. But most importantly, they do not die sooner because they have gone to hospice. That is a complete misconception. The next myth is that anyone who wants hospice can have it. That would be nice. It's actually such a great service that I wish that all people who were struggling in any way with their health could have it. But um, that's not how it works. So the only people who can qualify for hospice, as I mentioned, are people who, according to two physicians, are likely to be within six months of their death. And the place that this comes up as a, as a difficulty often is with patients who have advanced dementia. So family members will often say, you know, look at her. She's so ill. She doesn't even recognize us anymore. She, we, we need hospice. She's got to be appropriate for hospice. But the truth is, if someone with dementia, even if they don't recognize their family anymore, is getting up and out of bed and is eating well, they probably are not within six months of life. And those people probably won't qualify for hospice. So just because someone is ill and wants hospice does not, unfortunately, mean that they always can have it. Myth number nine goes something like, 
well, hospice can't really do anything anyway. Like, what's the point? Because they can't cure this cancer, for example, so why would we bother going to hospice? So that is a myth because the people who work in hospice are experts in treating symptoms, reducing emotional and physical suffering in people who have advanced illness and are near the end of their life within six months. So what can they help? They can help pain. They can help nausea. They can help fatigue. They can help depression. They can help anxiety. They can help neuropathy. They can help with wound care. They can help with quality of life, helping the family figure out how do we cope with this new reality. They can bring in equipment and help move a person, for example, if, you know, if they're upstairs in a bedroom all by themselves and they're unable to get out of bed anymore, the hospice folks can help set up a hospital bed, which they can provide in another place in the, in the house so that your loved one can be part of the action. They can help counsel family members who are struggling. They can help families talk to children or grandchildren about what's happening. They can help people with their spiritual distress. Many hospices have volunteers who can do all kinds of things. So they can come play cards or maybe come play music or simply spend time together and chat. So the whole point of hospice is to improve the person's quality of life. And that's going to be different for everybody. But that is the focus is how is your quality of life and what is messing it up and what can we do to make it better? So hospice providers can do a lot even though the focus is not on prolonging life. Because if somebody comes to hospice, it's almost certainly because their doctors no longer feel that it's possible to prolong their life. But it's always possible to improve somebody's quality of life. And that is the whole point of hospice. And then myth number 10, the last one, is that you should put off getting hospice as long as possible. And that is absolutely not so. That's the opposite of true, as a matter of fact. If someone qualifies for hospice and they are no longer pursuing treatments that are designed to try to prolong their life, and and almost certainly that's because there are no more treatments that the doctors think will prolong their life. If someone is in that circumstance, they should get to hospice as soon as they possibly can. And again, not a place, but meaning they should engage the hospice program as soon as they possibly can. Because the more time you have with hospice, the more chance you have to get your quality of life improved in a way that is really meaningful. So you still have the time and the energy and the ability to do the things that you want to do. So we hear this a lot in palliative care. Oh, it's not time yet. It's not time for hospice. And if someone is still pursuing chemotherapy or aggressive treatments, then that may be true that it's not time for hospice. But if they are no longer doing that, and they are thought to be within six months of the end of their life, that it absolutely is time for hospice. And no one should put it off because the more time you spend with hospice, the more chance you have to get the best out of life and to focus on living and to feel better and to have your family supported, et cetera, et cetera. So those are our 10 myths. I think it's really important to spread the word about this because there's so much misconception about hospice and what it is. And because of that, people suffer more than they need to. So 
your homework for this week is if you can, if it comes up, if there's any way you can fit it in to try to teach another person something about hospice. So maybe pick one of these myths and see if you can talk to someone in your family or one of your patients or one of your colleagues and just say, hey, you know, FYI, I learned this thing about hospice this week and I I thought it'd be important to share. Okay, help spread the word because if we spread the word, then fewer people suffer. And that's part of what we're all about, right? Is helping people not to suffer. All right, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate that you listen. And I hope you will tell somebody else about the podcast. And I'll see you next week. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by the Integrative Palliative Institute, dedicated to whole person care for people with serious illness using all the tools that work. If you've always thought that there was a better way to practice medicine, you're right, and you've found your people. So help spread the word. Send this episode to a friend or colleague, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and reach out anytime and come learn with me. You can find more information and training programs at integrativepalliative.com.